Thanks for listening, Unplugged Army. I'm Louis Unga, General Manager at Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. We're proud to present Doug Franz Unplugged. Four minute offense. Four minute offense. Four minutes. Four minute offense. Four minute offense. Everything you need to know in sports that affects Maricopa County, the state of Arizona, and the world, you get in four minutes. We start things off in downtown Phoenix. Let's do Suns. It was amazing. It was the first win of the series, the best win of the season. They beat Sacramento 119-117. Suns finished the game on a 23-4 run. It was the only the second game this century that a team came back from a 20-point deficit with eight minutes or less remaining in the game. Kevin Durant, how did you guys win this game? So Kevin Durant says something crazy. He says, I have no idea how we were able to win the game. Wow. He scored 15 of his 27 points in the fourth quarter. Grayson Allen led the Suns with 29 points. He became the only Sun in the entire history of the franchise to be able to hit nine three-pointers twice in the same season. He said when he was asked, how did you guys win? He said, we finally did well in the fourth quarter. Suns are now at New Orleans on Friday night. Coyotes blew a 2-0 lead in the third. They lose to Calgary 3-2, who they were chasing in the standings and had an opportunity to pass. Sharon Govich scored the game winner after a Coyotes too many men on the ice penalty in the overtime. Sharon Govich scored with only 17 seconds left in the game, despite Sean Dersey being able to get two points, a goal and an assist from the blue line. When Dersey was asked about what happened on the too many men on the ice penalty, he just said, I don't have anything to say about that. No no knowledge on whether or not he's blasting the officials or his own team. But at the time of the penalty, Andre Turney was all over the refs. Coyotes stay in Western Canada. They take on Vancouver tomorrow night. ASU's at home today against UCLA, and normally when the Southern California schools, it's that line of demarcation about what kind of season are you going to have. It's the exact opposite this time. The Devils need to sweep because the Southern California schools are so bad. UCLA's ranked 171st in net ranking, and USC is number 87. If you lose, you're definitely not going to the tournament. Game time tonight for ASU is 7 o'clock. Two U of A things you need to know about. Football-wise, it's official. Brett Brennan signed his five-year deal. He was the San Jose uh, football coach. Now he's the U of A head football coach. That's your football news. Hoops-wise, they take on USC again. A team that's not doing well right now this year. Only six and eleven. Excuse me, only eight and nine on the season. They've only got one true road game. The Trojans won at Alabama State. That's it. They take on UCLA, excuse me, they take on U of A coming up today, 8 o'clock. You can see it on ESPN. A lot of NFL news. Falcons have interviewed both heavyweights in their quest for a new coach. Bill Belichick last week, Jim Harbaugh yesterday. Jason Kelsey tells his teammates that he's retiring. The Eagles center destined for the Hall of Fame. And Mike Tomlin told his players the opposite, that he's coming back for next year, and it'll be the last year of his Steelers contract. 
And finally, this was kind of strange. You need to meet a nice young man by the name of Michael Yankinchick. Why? I'm sure he might have been on something, but he decided to break into his neighbor's house by jumping through the front window while they were home. Oh, one more thing. He was naked. <laughs> I, t- I tell you, he's, I would certainly protect myself before I try to break through a window. But he lands in the house, begins trying to take things. The owner of the house begrudgingly wrestled him to the floor and called police. When the police arrived was right when Yankichik was able to run away. But they were easily be able to find him because he was a naked man hiding in the woods. Of course... After jumping into your neighbor's window naked, what do you get? Yeah, only a $15,000 bail and he's sent back home. I, I, would, I would have to assume the neighborhood block party's going to be fun this week. Jackpot Unplugged Army, I feel like a true commander-in-chief to be able to give you such an unprecedented savings. Go to Unplugged at Whirlwind.com and check out the new membership club from Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. Whirlwind Plus. Here's what you get. You sign up for a tee time anytime between now and five days from now, and you can save anywhere from a minimum of 30% up to 60% off plus 15% off at Civlik, the restaurant, and another 15% off in the pro shop. I'm telling you, you walk into the pro shop, get bowls, a shirt, and a hat, you walk over for happy hour with your wife, you might pay for your monthly membership right then and there. It's $34 a month, cancel anytime, or if you want to save even more, because that equals out to a little more than $400, you can get it for only $299 a year. Whirlwind Plus at Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. Go to unpluggedatwhirlwind.com and feel the wind. I'm Janelle, General Manager of Bell's Nashville Kitchen, a.k.a. The Whiskey Wizard. Bell's isn't your typical country bar with mediocre bar food. We are a scratch kitchen with chef-inspired dishes in the only place you can get the best sandwich in all of Arizona, our Nashville hot chicken sandwich. Now, the drinks. I spend days infusing our own whiskey creations. Come in for Whiskey Wednesdays to learn about and drink our famous whiskey selection. We have live music most days and all weekend as part of our honky-tonk brunch. Bell's Nashville Kitchen on Main Street in Old Town Scottsdale. You found home, down home. I do believe you can have season-changing victories. I'm having a little bit of a hard time knowing for sure whether that one was it or not. But how do you not get jacked up waking up this morning after you got to see that last night? Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whenever it is that you decided to make Doug Franz unplugged a part of your day, my family greatly appreciates it. My name is Doug Franz, and you have found the only podcast and TV show in the world. Totally devoted to the coverage of the four major sports franchises of both great American cities that drops on your phone and your TV every weekday morning. We also cover ASU, U of A, GCU, the Rattlers, the Rising, and the Merck. This is Doug Franz Unplugged, presented by Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. Here we go. Uh, can't say it enough. I, well, I hate to start off the show like this. I forgot. 
but I got to get a hold of, I forgot to reach out to Sweet Lou yesterday to make sure that we've been verified. So I don't know if it's verified yet, but let me repeat it. February 16th, tentative date for our next golf outing. So you've got a month to try to clear your schedule, be out there for a Friday and join us. I'd love to have you out there. I like to play golf in the afternoon, so for those of you that work on Fridays, maybe you could only work a half day. For those of you that are like, Doug, come on, I can't take a day off of work for for golf, I totally get that. But that's why it's sanctioned throughout. Try to stop by for uh, lunch at Civlik, stop by for a beer after the golf outing, any way that you can make it out there. We'd love to see you. If I know you're coming, I'm going to stay throughout. But keep in mind, Civlik does close at 7 because it's a golf restaurant. So not a lot of people are golfing at 7 o'clock. So that's why. So therefore, know that, that you're going to get off of work and then come over. But please make it happen. I'd love to see you out there and and join us. It's uh, it's just such a great time each of the two times we've been out there. And this one's a little special because we're also going to set it up with the spa to give you a big spa discount if you want to use this as a Valentine's Day gift. So with Valentine's being on the 14th, hey, honey, we're going to have a great weekend over at Wild Horse Pass. I'd love to see you out there on February 16th. I am in such a good mood simply because of everything that happened. Um, uh, I'm sorry, I just saw something dumb on my screen <laughs> and it totally confused me there's the world famous franz family euchre tournament that is coming up at the end of next month and for some reason it i, I had it on my calendar that it's a four-day event and i just looked down and i saw four days of euchre and i thought okay i love the game but even that's a little weird so sorry i got distracted by that but last night's Suns game i am I don't even know what to think because the anger of that first quarter is still there. But the thrill of the fourth quarter is just crazy. I mean, I'm going to get into it in a little bit, but that game really had me jacked up last night. And and it was a crazy night for the family because I have – I don't know where you are as a parent about your kids taking an Uber. I I don't know. Intern McKenna's in college, okay? So she's 19. So I I already know, you know, you're already a little fearful as a dad, especially a father of a girl being in college, but you know you got to let go and suck it up. But you don't need to double down and be taking Ubers. You know what I mean? And I mean if you're with a bunch of friends, especially if you've been drinking, of course, as long as you've got a big group, but I, I still don't. Love that idea. And I hate the idea of her just taking an Uber by herself. Well, she is such a good kid. She volunteered to take classes to become a tax preparer for the less fortunate. So a lot of people that aren't doing well in life, they struggle. They either don't do their taxes at all or they struggle to do their taxes or they don't understand what's going on. And so... Intern McKenna is volunteering her time while she's taking a full course load to help people with their taxes. But in order to do it, there are classes that you have to take, and then you actually pass two exams. So she's taking two exams that have nothing to do with college 
just to volunteer. So, of course, I'm thrilled that she's this type of person. But I didn't like the idea when I found out she was taking an Uber. But she, on her own, kind of realized during the Uber ride, this probably isn't the safest thing of all time. I'm sure Uber wants to sue me now for telling you this story. But So she calls the house and talks to Mama. And Jennifer says, you know what? I already am, am close to you. I'll pick you up take you to your event, run errands, and then pick you back up and and take you back to school. So all of a sudden now, Jennifer's gone every night for this week. And this is between you and I, don't tell anybody. But all of these sales proposals I try to do, Jennifer does them. (laughs) I just tell her what I wanted. And she's the one that makes it all nice. And so I need this stuff from Jennifer. And now the poor woman is working from like seven to five, then driving McKenna around on the east side of town from five to nine, five to ten, something like that, and doing other things. And then coming home, and man, she hardly talked to me. Like, I thought I was being a saint last night. I opened a bottle of wine and just poured her a little bit, thinking she's going to come in and think this is wonderful. And she came in and thought, oh, I'm going to bed. I said, oh, oh, okay. And then she felt bad. So she had like two or three drinks of wine with me upstairs while I'm working. And then came walking over after only like 10 minutes with her wine said here you finish it and then walked away went to bed like all right good to see you i i think this was a good move as a husband i didn't say uh, do you want to talk about those proposals now do you what do you what do you think of uh what do you, what do you think of working on that like right now i did not bring that up Happy Valentine's Day to me. You know, I, I, I knew better than to bring it up. And oh my gosh, I need it. Let's go. The season's getting ready to start. If you don't know, uh, we are the home of the Rattlers here at WTSMTV.com. And I am just so honored that the Rattlers have trusted me and WTSM has trusted me. And I get the thrill of doing the play-by-play of the Arizona Rattlers. You know how I feel about the Rattlers. I think you do. I've been to almost every home game. Since we moved here, I've been friends with the head coach for 20 years, so it's just really cool to be able to get ready and do the games. And then Dale Hellestraya, the main event, will be doing color. Izzy from uh, Isaiah Jackson from Izzy on Sports is going to be doing the sideline. So it's it's a fun WTSM event. So we're all you know really geeked out about it. And I can't wait to get that started. But as you can imagine, we need to sell it. You know, we need people to believe in us and believe in the in in the Rattlers and, and get it sold. And so I'm waiting for these proposals, and I just kind of twiddle in my thumbs. Ah! Okay. That's between you and I, though. If, if you see Jennifer, don't bring it up, please. Please. Uh, Jeff Weir Production, how's your life? Anything thrilling? Uh, No, I'm just a little disappointed in myself this morning. Huh. A few things went wrong, and uh, just disappointed. Well, that's but what was that game? Euchre? Yuka? Euchre. What is that? It is a card game that only people in the Midwest know how to play. Oh. And if you really, I'll give you the quick breakdown, breakdown, breakdown. You know, in a, in a card deck, there are jokers. Yes. Well, it's kind of funny. Euchre doesn't use the jokers, okay? But the reason why jokers were invented is because of Euchre. So that's the only reason why there are jokers in the deck. It just over time, they decided just leave them in. 
but uh, and then there's a lot of games that use jokers too but originally it was because of euchre it's a french game that french traders brought and if you know your american history england owned the american seaboard but france owned everything west of the appalachians until after the french and indian war so ohio indiana illinois but not chicago are the main hub and it's already you know it's filtered to michigan and and wisconsin and uh, some other places but that's who plays euchre so it's just an ohio card game and then we have a euchre party where people that know how to play come over and if if you play with four people and if you're sitting across from me you're my teammate and if you're sitting next to me you're my opponents and and then the way the rotation works is after like you and I, we play all night and everybody that's at the party you're my partner once and you're my opponent twice and it's kind of a it's really fun because you bounce around you move around the different tables really quick you see a ton of people and there's uh, lots of beer the uh, the best euchre party story i've got for you since and i hope you i hope people like stories because uh jeff asked a good question is do you i don't know if you remember because i forget you know when you moved here he might have been retired but uh, josh colmenter was a one-time diamondback starting pitcher i do not remember him okay he signed one big contract so he was good enough and stayed long enough to get one big contract, but wasn't able to succeed well enough after that one big contract to get another one. But you know, good ball player and an amazing dude. Really, really solid dude. Well, he's from Michigan, so he knows how to play. So I invited him to come over and play. He agreed. Then, I don't know, it was like Saturday afternoon, early afternoon, something like that. Somebody cancels on the Euchre tournament. Now, just... So what happens when you cancel on me, you're still my friend, but you never get invited back to the Euchre tournament. That's the rule. And I warn you about it up front because you've committed. So there's whole scorecards printed up. There's rotations printed up. You, you can't bail because the game has to be played with people with four people at a table. And all of a sudden now I got three at a table. It screws up everything. So somebody bails. So intern McKenna is only nine years old, and I basically called a bunch of people nobody could play and said, all right, woman, you've got to play. That's, you're the only choice. So I'm teaching a nine-year-old how to play this game. It's kind of like, let's say you like spades or hearts. Spades or hearts would be considered like a double-A, a triple-A a game in the minors, and Euchre would be the professional ranks, okay? So that, that's, that's kind of the hierarchy of card games. Well, I'm teaching intern McKenna how to play, I don't even look to see who her opponents are or who her teammate is in the very first round because I was hoping like she could play with bad players first and move her way up, something like that. Well, I teach her how to play, and then that part of the story's over. So the Euchre tournament's getting ready to start. Doorbell rings. Josh Colbenner's at the front door. And I had read like 30 minutes, an hour before he got here, that Josh Colmenter has just signed something like a three-year, $20 million contract. I forget what the contract was for, but he's now a millionaire. And now he's in front of my house. And I open the door. I say, hey, congratulations about the contract. When, I, when did you sign it? And he goes, I, I just did. And then I came here. <laughs> so now Josh Colmenter, the first thing he did after becoming a millionaire is come play cards, which is so cool to me because I got to tell you, 
I don't have that level of class. I'll be the first one to say, if I sign my first million-dollar contract, I'm not coming to your house for cards, all right? I'm bailing. I'm going to spend for the night. And he comes over to play, honors the commitment, and wouldn't you know it, his very first game, McKenna's his partner. So now he's playing cards with a nine-year-old as a new millionaire, and he's against me and another friend that know how to play. So I feel bad because we're going we're gonna to beat the crap out of him. I almost slipped there. We're going to beat the crap out of him, you know? I mean, we are going to smoke them. McKenna and Josh whip us. Just whip us. And now the rest of the night, he's walking by McKenna giving high fives, rubbing it in on what he just did to us. So there's my Euchre Party story that was a lot of fun. I did not plan on this much story time today because I've got a ton. Of, I got a lot of good sun stuff. Man, am I jacked up about the suns. Okay, sound credits today. Suns PR department and Coyotes PR department sent us a lot of stuff. And I think that's all. I don't have anything else that's on my mind. I still want to do some of the leftovers from Town Hall Tuesday. Is there anything on your mind, Jeff Weir Production? No, sir. All right. You got it. Let's roll. Doug's big one. I, Doug Franz, on January 17th, 2024, declare I like Grayson Allen. (laughs) Can I just tell you, I don't know how long it's been since he was at Duke. I got to look at my, I I would have to cheat and look it up, but I'm going to say it's been at least 12 years since he played at Duke. I have enjoyed, like actually enjoyed hating Grayson Allen. Sorry, Jennifer. My wife goes, yeah, that's so rude when you say you hate people. No, 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 no. I hated Grayson Allen. I, I thought the word punk is a fantastic term for Grayson Allen. The way the way he acted at Duke was ridiculous and the way to me coach K kept letting it happen was the biggest shame of coach K's career. There's nothing about Grayson Allen I enjoyed. This guy has been fantastic for the Suns. It's the second game that he's had nine three-pointers in a game for the Suns. Do you want to take a guess? I don't know why my itch, my ear itched that bad that I had to knock my headphones off. Do you know how many people have done that? Think about how good of a shooter Steve Nash was. Think about that occasional game where Sean Marion would start going off. Think about how good of a shooter Paul Westfall was. Think about some of the great... When Marley started rolling from three. And of course... Devin Booker, who's had almost 80 in a game, who's had multiple 50-point games. Now they've got a player like Kevin Durant. Think about all the greats in Suns history. Only Grayson Allen has ever hit nine three-pointers in two separate games in the same season in Suns history. He has been a rock offensively. He shoots open looks. He's the, sometimes everybody's being lazy, and he's the only one willing to take a hit and drive to the bucket. His defense is 400 times better than anybody expected. Sometimes he still looks pretty clumsy on defense. I don't know how he does it. 
So I mean, it looks like he's got cement ankles, and yet when the guy gets ready to shoot, Grayson Allen's still between him and the basket. I don't know how he does it. For the first time in my life, I have to tell America, I'm happy we have Grayson Allen. Thank you. That was not melodramatic, by the way. I, I, that guy, I just, I enjoyed ripping him for all of his antics. And so far, nothing dirty, even remotely. It's, it's old news. Classy dude fights hard and waves at Emma Stone. I mean, he does everything. All right. Let's get into, before we get into the game, let me get into the pregame stuff of of what I thought was kind of funny. Since I brought up Emma Stone, let's start right there. I'm going to bounce back and forth between some different cuts, Jeff Weir Production, if you don't mind. But let's start with Allen number one. And uh, Allen number one is him explaining a little back and forth. I think everybody saw it, but if you didn't see it, Grayson Allen and the Suns are sitting on the bench at L.A. Emma Stone is wearing a Suns hat and she walks by the bench and waves to the guys. And, and Grayson Allen waves back, and they look at each other, and the world starts talking about the fact that, that all of the Suns players are shocked to find out Grayson Allen has so much game that beautiful uh, um, Academy Award winners check them out on their way out of a game. <laughs> and everybody was talking about this, and... Come Grayson Allen time, he just shoots it all down. Did you have any of that viral post of you and Emma Stone? Yeah, I did. I saw it a bunch of times. Yeah. Kevin provided clarifications. We were saying bye to everyone, not just you specifically. Yeah. Did you get a laugh out of that? Uh, yeah, I did. Uh, especially with how it's it's so funny how like as a frame of a <laughs> of a of something it looks so out of context even i watched it and i was like i don't think she even said bye to me or looked at me <laughs> but uh in that like in the video it looks like i mean we're looking directly at each other so it's just kind of funny how how easily something like that can be taken out of context too yeah. with that in mind how, how crazy is it that like a big hollywood star with oscars and stuff like that as a fan of the team knows who you are and watches you guys play all yeah it's uh it's awesome i had i didn't know um but it's it's awesome to have a fan like that and um like it's it's always cool like you know guys talk about going and playing in new york or in, in la and having you look at courtside you got big stars big fans at the game so it's cool to have some some people rocking some sun's gear I like the honesty there. Hey, I saw the video. It looks exactly how it looks, and I understand why everybody thought that. But that's not what happened. She's just I, – I don't even think she saw me there wave at her. That's – the famous story of Babe Ruth at Wrigley Field at the World Series, the famous called shot home run. Nobody truly knows what happened. Maybe he really did. He did point, but maybe he did point and say, I'm hitting the next pitch out. But also, uh, there's there's kind of rumors, or not rumors, but thoughts that the bench was heckling him, and he was like, you know, pointing them, telling them to hit the streets or go out, or he was 
saying get a new pitcher and there's a lot of people or think that he was just doing something that's, I mean a lot of people don't believe he really did call a shot but the very next pitch he goes yard for the rest of his life he never answered the question were you calling your shot he just said oh you know uh, there's there's a price to pay and you know and he would just do it and he would start telling stories and have fun with it but he never said i did it and he never said he didn't that's kind of how i would have handled the emma stone thing if i'm gracing out i'm saying hey you know she waved. I waved back. You know, I'm I'm I'm, I'm glad that uh, that she's a fan, and I'm and uh, you know, if she wants to get dinner sometime, we'll get dinner. <laughs> I would have went there and just left it hang. Wouldn't have lied about it. That's dishonest. But I wouldn't have told you. Yeah, she wasn't even looking at me. I don't know what happened. I don't know why it looks like that. I would I would I would have stayed on that train uh, altogether. All right. Give me a fa- do me a favor. Go back. To- These are pregame cuts. Uh, when I say pregame, they don't meet with the media right before the game, but they have a shoot around, and then they meet. Uh, certain players will meet with the media. So Kevin Durant and uh, Grayson Allen were the two players that met with the media after practice, and then they turned around and they were the two players that had the biggest impact on the game. So they met with the media again afterwards. This is Kevin Durant pregame. When he was asked, and this is so funny to me because I'm building up how big I think that win was last night. He was asked this question, again, seven hours, 12 hours before, the, not 12, but about 10 hours before the game. He was asked about the last game. What do you think happened in that Portland game, that victory that you can, that you can learn from that you guys can take away and apply in the future? Nothing. Like redeeming things in there? Or? Nah, man. Just all that we take much from that game. I mean, well, if anything, just how to play against his own. They played his own the whole game, but try to move on, man, and just build our foundation. Regardless of who we play, I think that's more important than anything. I I asked to have that pause kept in. Did you see how long it took him to answer? That wasn't dead air on the part of Izzy and Jeff Weir's part. It was just how funny it was of what can you take away? Nothing. <laughs> and so that's how little importance that they put on, on the Portland game. Now, again, this is still pregame. This is or not even pregame. This is still after shoot around. Having no idea Grayson Allen was about to be the first ever son to have nine three-pointers in two different games. Kevin Durant was asked, what is it that Grayson Allen has brought to the Suns this year? Well, I think he's just been a pirate to play this game. And I think, you know, being able to handle the ball and not just be a catch-and-shoot guy and a 3-and-B guy, like you like to call him, sorry. Just uh, not limited guys and putting them in boxes. I think that's what's the best part about Grayson. You can see his game. He always had this in his game, but other teams didn't let him really expand on that. So I think we're letting him just play his game and he's comfortable. So keep that in mind. What he's saying is he always had limited roles on other teams. You're either the spot up three guy, the three and D guy, or you're a slasher, especially when he was in Memphis. But it's just here's your role. And it was limited. And he said, with us, your role isn't limited. It's all of the things that you think you can do, do them. And everybody plays off of everybody else. 
The reason why that is important, that that is something to calm some of us down about how long it's taking to develop chemistry. Because there's a lot of guys that are kind of discovering their game within the team concept. That does take time, and that is something to stare at the fan base and say, calm down. This team is going to be fine. Okay? The reason why I'm rarely on the calm down bandwagon is that has nothing to do to me for me with two things. Going under screens and closeouts for three. Those are defensive phrases. So going under a screen is really simple. If you and I are on opposing teams and you're guarding one of our really good shooters and I come over on the other team and I set a screen, so I run up right next to you and stand next to you, so you run into me. And therefore, it makes my teammate open that you're supposed to be guarding. You have a couple choices on how you're going to choose to defend it. And the team concept has a way, hey, we're going to defend it like this. But lazy players go under the screen. You can switch, you can hedge, you can fight over the top, okay? The fourth one is lazy. The fourth one is I don't want to get hit by this screen, man. I don't want to compete. I'm worried I'm going to get a foul. I'm not going to pay close enough attention because I'm not enough of a competitor to understand here comes the screen. I got to fight over it or I got to cut you off as a ball handler so you can't get there. If you're lazy, you just run around me. And what does that mean? The guy either with the ball or the guy that's on my team that's the shooter is now open to be able to catch and shoot or pull up and hit the three because you were lazy. And that's what the Suns have been doing a lot lately, defensively. Or they're late on their closeout. They're not paying attention or they're not hustling and they don't run out and really challenge a three-point shooter. And they, it happened again in the first quarter. So... You have every right to look at this game yesterday and not be impressed because it was another first quarter beatdown. It was another game that the team didn't show up in the first quarter. And it's that's old, old news. This team has a problem. But maybe yesterday's game was the confidence to get them going. I'm, I, it's a little wishful thinking on my part, I admit, but I think it was. I think that was the game that's really going to pull the team together, and I got jacked up about it. Okay, again, this is pregame, and this is one of those I, I was interested in from a life's lesson standpoint. It was such an interesting answer, and I know I haven't done this in the past. If somebody at work asks me a question, as long as it's not – if it's gossip, I'm not going to talk about it. But if it's not gossip – and it's something that is, uh, is going to affect all of us as a group, I'll answer it. So let's say you're a problem at work and you're my coworker, you know, and the, the boss man comes up to me and asks me about you, okay? If you are costing my family money, I'm going to say, yeah, we got a problem. I'm not going to go tell on you, but if the boss asks me, I'm going to say it. Now, what makes me different is I've always told people, I won't stab you in the back, but I will stab you in the face. I'll I'll go up to you and say, hey, I just wanted you to know the boss asked me about you. And uh, I don't know if you want to punch me. I don't know if you want to get a beer. I don't know if you want to talk. But I told him how I felt, that I think you need to step up. 
I just wanted you to know so you don't get blindsided in case you get called into the office. Now, I don't know if that's a good idea nowadays because I look at it as, okay, we're men, let's deal with it. And nowadays I might get shot for it. But I'm a blunt and honest dude. Maybe I should start answering it like this. Hey, Kevin Durant, where are you guys at right now team chemistry-wise, how everybody else is fitting in? Can you assess your teammates right now? I don't even want to assess the team like that, you know. It's not even my job to do, you know. Um, my job to come in and do and, and, and play my role as best as I can, you know. And I think we all have that mentality. So we only got to look up and try to assess the team. We just stay down in our work and see what happens at the end of the year. I don't know if you got all that, Jeff. Allen 2, KD 4, Vogel 1 is where we're going next. Um, I, that answer, how strong is that? Hey, that's not my job. My job is to help us win games. I look at it as, yes, your job is to help us win games. And because you have a high basketball IQ, then I want you involved in that. Now, maybe it's because that's not a boss asking. But I thought that was a really strong answer. That's a good team leadership type of answer. Not my job to assess how the other guys on the team are fitting in, how the other guys on the team are doing. My job is to assess me. My job is to play better. Got a lot more Kevin Durant coming in just a second. But this was a question that Dwayne Rankin of the Arizona Republic asked every single guy that walked in. So it's Frank Vogel, it's it's Grayson Allen, and it's KD. We'll start with Grayson Allen. And it's a really simple question. Grayson, you guys just became only the second team this century to come back from a 20-point deficit with eight minutes or less remaining in a game. You went on, and you might, they, they probably, the players probably didn't even know this. They went on a 25 to 5 run to end the game. 25 to 5. How did you guys do it? We won a fourth quarter, finally. It uh, took us being down 20, whatever it was, but we won a fourth quarter. That was our, our focus was uh, what we've been talking about was closing out games, winning fourth quarters. Usually it's, us being up 10-15 and letting a team come back. So we got on the other side of it tonight, one fourth quarter. Uh, hopefully we won't let ourselves get that far down tonight, but it's a good closeout. <laughs> hopefully we don't do it again being that far down. But this is the worst fourth quarter team in the NBA. And they torched Sacramento 25-5. to to win this game there was one specific play that i admit i checked out I'm like okay we're a bunch of losers we don't have a chance tonight Six fifteen to go in the game and it's of all people it's grace and allen under the boards and a missed shot i forget who missed it and De'Aaron fox jumps right over grace and allen D- went over his back but didn't foul him a lot of people think over the back well over the back is not a foul you're allowed to jump over someone's back you just can't touch him well he reached right over Grayson Allen and ripped the rebound away because Grayson Allen did a terrible job boxing out and then D Fox took the ball turned around had a kick out three Murray hits the three and it's 112 94 so the lead is 18 points for Sacramento 615 to go that's it I mean, that's it. You give up a back, back-breaking three like that. Six minutes to go, you're down 18. It's over, right? They win anyway. Crazy. Kevin Durant, 
How in the world did you guys do this? I have no clue. <laughs> I usually know how the game is flowing, but I felt like this was a blur. I feel like I looked up, we was down six, and I look up again, it's a tie game, you know? So everything happened so fast. I guess we all were in the zone and we just locked in. And I think once we went small and was able to switch all the actions, their team that likes to, you know, play a free-flowing movement offense. So when you could disrupt that, you know, they turned into a whole different team. So we pressured Sabonis a little bit more. Uh, we switched some of these screens and made them play one-on-one and made them, you know, turn into a – they're not a selfish team, but when you're switching everything, it just makes you play ISO game, you know? So um, I think we did a good job of forcing them into that. But it's still incredible, man. I, I really give a lot of credit to that third, the end of the third uh, unit who just kind of changed momentum for us and got us within like 14 or 12 or something like that, I think, with Book and uh, uh, Mezzi and I forget who else was in that lineup, but I think that one is what kind of helped turn the game for us. Even though we still got down 17 or 4th, I feel like they we seen something with that group that'll help us, you know, for the rest of the game. And I think that was that momentum kind of led us into the fourth. Lot to break down there. Okay. Number one, I don't even know. It was such a blur. Kevin Durant had 15 points in the fourth quarter. Booker had zero. Beal had only four. It's crazy. It was all Kevin Durant. He gets fouled at the end of the game, hits both free throws. Suns have 1.6 seconds left on the clock. Kings get a good look for three. Don't hit it. Suns win. It's insane that this happened. Secondly, I love how he gave credit to the second unit, saying there was something about the end of the third quarter that gave everybody a lift. So we're going into the fourth, even though we started to trail again bad in the fourth. We came in with energy. We came in feeling good about, hey, we can, we can do this. And he said they found something against the uh, the Kings that they were able to exploit. We'll get into that in a second, but I love how he noticed that. It's a great way to lift everybody up. You know, Kevin Durant did some good leadership things uh, yesterday. Frank Vogel, same question. You're the head coach. How did you guys win this game? Staying to fight mentally, you know, because there's a lot of moments where our guys, um, you know, we're struggling and frustrated, and we're getting our butts kicked, quite frankly. You know, credit to Kings. They played a great basketball game tonight. The team's got a lot of firepower. And, um, you know, you got to match it. And we didn't have our best offensive first three quarters. Uh, could have played better there and could have guarded with more, you know, more fight, more disp- disposition early in the game. But, um, you know, we've seen firsthand that the modern NBA team's never out of a game. We lost a few, you know, and, um, you know, that was the sort of the messaging throughout the game is, you know, we're going to keep changing the game. And, and uh, but we just got to stay in the fight. And, uh, you know, I thought, KD, Brad, and Book were all vocal in, in timeouts, just saying, come on, stay with it, stay with it, the next play type of mindset. And, um, you know, kept us engaged. And, uh, you know, then, like I said, the coach always has an, op- an opportunity to change the game with what's happening in, in terms of why they got a lead. So, you know, we looked at this small lineup. Um, we're going to go five three-point shooters. Uh, but J.O. was making some, some real quality energy plays, so we kept him in there a little longer. But... Finally got Eric in there, and he hit some big threes. And all those guys uh, really stepped up. You know, So I'm proud of how our, our guys stayed together and stayed in the fight. Let's jump to what he said there at the end and get into some hardcore basketball strategy. This was also a Frank Vogel win. 
Frank Vogel deserves a ton of credit for this win. Obviously, Durant's got to score you 15, and obviously Vogel's job is to figure out what's going wrong in the first quarter and why the guys aren't doing well. Now, granted, when I say that, I really blame a coach for continually weak first quarters with a young team that you're not able to prepare the team when they don't know how to prepare. That's different when we're dealing with veterans. This is a veteran-laden team. That's not the coach's job anymore to get you up to do your job. You've got to figure it out. And this team has really been laying eggs in the first quarter, and they did it again. But he says when we went small, so they put Kevin Durant at center guarding Sabonis. And Sabonis is 400 times stronger than Kevin Durant, just physically imposing compared to KD. And then they surrounded KD with shooters. So now KD is either offensively pulling Sabonis out or having small guys have to chase the rest of the team around the uh, perimeter. That limited the offensive rebounding skills of Sacramento. Sacramento is average offensive rebounding team, but they are elite at keeping you off the offensive glass. They're the number one team in the NBA at limiting offensive rebounds. Well, once you make them go small, you've got a chance at the offensive rebounds. So the lineup was KD at the center and either a Kogi or Eric Gordon at one of the guards, Booker at the point guard, and Bradley Beal in there, and mostly Grayson Allen to be able to hit threes, but he's you know kind of got some girth to him, so he's okay. Tank, you know, size-wise, but a lot of Metu as well, they played a lot of small guys around Kevin Durant, and that really exposed the Kings, and they couldn't adjust to it. And that's what he's referring to there. That is a Frank Vogel. So give me Vogel three, if you would, because Jeff Weir production, because this is another question about, all right, you mentioned going small. Is this four guard lineup something that's magic right now for you guys? Are we going to see a lot of that? Yeah, well, it's definitely something that we've talked about. You know, there's a lot of talk about how many games the big three have played together, but I don't know, that number is even less with all five of these guys because a lot of times the big three was in there, either Grayson or Eric was out. So we talked a lot about it in that preseason. You know, uh, I remember back in the, I think it was the, the Palm Springs game, you know, we were ready to go, you know, let's let's look at what five three-point shooters looks like with KD at center. And I think Brad got hurt and Book ended up not playing that game. And, you know, we didn't see those five guys healthy for a long time. So... You know, it's not something that, uh, you know, I think is going to be a steady diet for us, but it's always uh, a move that we can make and a lineup we can go to when we need it. I, I got to tell you, I love today's show. It's going to be a ton of suns, leftover stuff from Town Hall Tuesday, Steve McCollum in the main event, and the uh, uh, and versus Vegas. By the way, versus Vegas, wow, am I hot. But – I bring this up because the old school Doug and Wolf, I remember how much I, if you're like, if you've been listening to the show for a while, how much I loved the way Monty opened up in certain pressures and we could really dive deep into the Suns. There are so many great topics in today's Suns game that I, it's the first game I feel connected to this team. And I want to bring that to you. Hopefully you feel the same way and I can try to impart some knowledge 
on the game. And please feel free, give me feedback on Town Hall Tuesday if you miss those days of how much suns I used to give and this deep of a dive that we're going to do today. And if you think, if you're a really knowledgeable basketball dude and you think I explained something wrong, please correct me. So, uh, you know, I, I want I want to be right all the time for you, but it's more important to me that the show is right. So make sure I get it. I don't know where Senator McCain's looking. There you go. I just realized that that was all messed up. So the next thing I want you to hear, based on what Coach just said, is one of the reasons why we could do it was KD's defense and him guarding Sabonis. Well, let's ask Kevin Durant about being able to handle Sabonis and the talk because Coach said, we've been talking about this since the preseason of doing some KD at the five and four guards around him. It only You can only do that if Durant's manning up in the post defensively. KD, how, how did you handle Sabonis? Hello, which one is this? KD five. Yeah, I mean, I just try to take on the challenge. He's an all-star level player, and I know it's going to have to take multiple efforts just to stop him, and he's a physical dude. And uh, so I just try to play physical with him, make his, t- his catches tough, push out his catches, not let him – like he likes to just stand at the three-point line and survey and get triple-doubles. So I try to make him turn his back a little bit and pressure him and put my hands in the passing lane and just there's disrupt him just a tiny bit. So – it's still crazy that we finish. We end up finishing that game the way we did, and uh, we've been the worst fourth quarter team. And I feel like the history of the game. And tonight we come back with this. It's crazy how how life works. That's <laughs> crazy how life works. The th- what I love about that is the detail that he just gave us on. This is what Sabonis does. This is what I had to do. And staying on this, I mean, this is this is a huge leadership moment right here. And I didn't realize how important it was. So, Frank, get more specific, Coach, in what Vogel or what – I'm t- saying Frank and then saying Vogel. Tell me more about what you expected from Kevin Durant against the bonus and what he brought to the table defensively, never mind the fact that he had 15 points in the fourth quarter. Yeah, well, that's part part of uh, it's not just five three point shooters, but but five smalls, and you know you go through one through five red. Although KD did a great job uh, in a lot of lot of possessions of of guarding Sabonis in coverage and not switching, not passing him off to other guys, and he's had four exceptional defensive performances for us uh, in the last four games, uh, starting with Kawhi, then guarding LeBron, and then um, you know throughout the game in, in Portland, and then down a the stretch asking to guard Simons. And then tonight, Garden Sabonis, you know what I mean? So, you know, when he puts his mind to it, you know, he can really be a force on that side of the ball. And uh, he was a big part defensively. He was a big part of this win tonight. Number one, he even though I asked the question there, and I don't mean I, I wasn't there. I mean, I asked him the question show-wise. The question really wasn't about Durant and that was coach going in that direction and saying KD has been playing this well defensively for the last week and a half or so. And then said something interesting. When he puts his mind to it, that is a head scratcher. Is that one of those phrases that the coach throws out there as motivation to say, I don't think Kevin Durant is putting his mind to it every game? I admit I have not been happy with KD's defense this year, but I didn't look at it as effort. I sadly thought it's because he's getting old. I thought he was showing his age. And last night, 
He looked young again. Last night, he was fantastic defensively. So you bring that up and you look at the comments right there of Frank Vogel. So now Kevin Durant's in the room. KD, you know, did you have that conversation? Coach mentioned how well you've been playing defense lately and the different people you've been guarding. Have you had a conversation with Coach and said, I want to take one of their main guys? I mean, I offered, I offered myself up this summer when we were having conversations about how we wanted to play. And I told Coach, I told uh, James, Josh, like, my job is to uh, be a lockdown defender. You know, obviously I'm not going to be perfect every night, but to go out there and trust that I can go out there and make life tough for the other the opposing players, I think that's a part of my job description. I mean, I mean, uh, that's a fine. Um. <laughs> I mean, I'm long, athletic, I can move, I'm experienced. Uh, why shouldn't I be held accountable to play top-line defense against anybody in the league? You know, I'm, like I said, I'm not saying I'm stopping everybody, but I think I could make life tougher for any player in the league. Uh, you know, and, and there's some great players out here, but I feel like I can just play hard and use my length and my attributes to make life tough. And I want those assignments. So coach has been trusting me. Coach staff has been trusting me even more. I know I'm getting older, and I think that's probably why um, we didn't see this a little earlier in the season. But um, I, just about showing and proving, I proved to the coaching staff that I can do it, then they'll trust me more and more, and I get more opportunities like that. If you are a casual basketball fan, or if you just, hey, I like the Suns, Doug. Okay. That's That might have been boring to you, and I get it. But, oh, my gosh. If you've been around the game and you hear what he just said and you want to know the meaning behind it, there's no way to not get jacked up about that. I mean, Jeff Weir Production, did that jack you up? No, but I'm the what you said. I'm a casual <laughs> basketball fan. I know. I was, like, waiting for you to just go, no, 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 no. Really. I, I can't. I mean, oh, my gosh. The reason why that jacks me up. Remember what Eric Gordon said earlier in the game. They're going to run plays for me, okay? I'm a scorer. I can help my team winning by scoring. No, no, no. That means I want the ball. I don't care if we win. I want the ball. You never hear superstars demanding to be held accountable. You never hear superstars say, I want a stronger defensive role. I want you to make it tougher on me defensively that's a star saying that that's one of the greatest players in the history of the game of basketball demanding quit protecting me i want it to be tougher the leadership that when that circulates around everybody on the team here is kevin durant saying this is what i want i want more from myself in a selfless way. Defense is hard. Defense in the NBA is physically exhausting. Another man beating on you for 42 minutes on a hardwood, 48 minutes, on a hardwood floor. There's nothing soft about it. It's hard. And Kevin Durant is saying, more. I want more. And I've already talked to the coaches about it. And maybe they were trying to protect me. Maybe they thought I was getting old. But the more I do it, the more responsibility they're going to give me. That is, that never happens. 
Okay, there's plenty of times where a player has said, you know, I'll, 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 I'll take – like Michael Jordan used to do it. I'll shut down this tough player. He would do it. But what I'm talking about is the demand from the coaches of, I want you to do this more often. I've asked them to let me do it more often. That is the wake-up call this team kind of needs. If you could give me uh, – we got a lot of deep stuff to talk about, but one more thing on this game is Grayson Allen specifically. And that is, again, the, the amazing stat when you look at some of the great players that have played for the Phoenix Suns. Only one has ever hit nine three-pointers in a game twice in the same season. Grayson Allen did it last night for the second time. Allen – What's what's the credit? What do you what do you think about hitting those open threes and how huge that was for you guys to be able to come back? Uh, yeah, um, a lot of a lot of good offense, a lot of good ball movement. Um, a lot of them were off of somebody else collapsing the defense, kicking out. Um, Nurk made a lot of good passes, being that roller. Um, when they want to trap the ball, and we can get it to. Nurk really quick on that half roll and let him be a decision maker to finish at the rim, hit a cutter, hit someone in the corner for three. He did a great job of that tonight. Um, so a lot of it was, uh, a lot of them were assisted. <laughs> wow. Wow. As soon as, hey, the topic's you. The topic's you almost scoring 30 points. The topic is you hitting those threes. What does Grayson Allen want to talk about? The way Nurkic rolled to the hoop and took players with him to open him up. The way his teammates kept looking for him for three. The confidence that gives you when you're in a star-laden lineup. You've got to have some serious onions to be chucking up threes. Because if you miss it, everybody's wondering, myself included, hey, why didn't you get the ball to book? Why didn't you get the ball? KD's right there. You're Grayson Allen. You are Grayson Allen. Can we give the ball to KD here? It takes serious courage. Not courage in in a real war fire department sense, but in a basketball sense, that's real courage to say, this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to handle it. It's awesome. And that's what he did. That's fantastic. Now, let's get into some deep stuff here. We just talked about the game. But how about these three topics? I want you to listen to Kevin Durant. I want you to give me a KD7, Jeff Weir production. I want you to listen to Kevin Durant. And I don't think there's any arrogance in this at all. But I want you to say this today. I want you to go into work and drop this nugget on your your, uh, boss. I mean, my calling, my purpose of being a human being is to be the greatest basketball player I could be. I mean that's 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 the reason why I'm alive at this point, you know. So I got to I got to lock in on every aspect of the game and become great at it, and I'm still working. My calling in life is to be the greatest basketball player I can be. I don't really feel that's an arrogant statement. I feel that's conviction. I love what I do. And I try to find the perfect balance between my religion, which should be number one at all times, and, and I, I screw up, and sometimes it's not. My life as a husband and a father is 
it is everything to me. There, there's nothing more important to me than that. And, and technically, my religion should be more important. If I'm focused on, and I'm not dumping my religion on you, but if I'm focused on doing the things that I believe I need to do to get to heaven, then everything else would fall in line. But sometimes in a protectionist state, I, I worry in a sense. I don't think I'm worried, but the truth is I get too protective of my wife and kids and I'm too focused on making sure everything's okay with them. And sometimes that means my career, where I put my career in front of my religion because it's like, I have to. I'm a dad. I'm a husband. I got it. This is what I need to do for them. And the truth is, if I was a better person, I would say, no, take care of my path to heaven. And then therefore, I am protecting my family. But I, I never sound like that. I want to, though. I never come into work with the conviction to say, my calling in life is to be the greatest host I can be. And honestly, you can do that and not be mutually exclusive to the other things. But I got jacked up when I heard that. That is so strong to me. I don't know if you feel the same way that you felt like that was strong. So there is deep dive number one into three topics here. Um, Deep dive number two is Vogel 4, if you could give me that one, Jeff, for your production. Vogel 4, I was a little surprised he didn't jump on board with both feet. So it shows you he's still deeply concerned with quarter number one, and it shows you that he knows if we don't fix some other things, last night doesn't mean anything. So he doesn't jump in with both feet on this question. Coach, was this the fulcrum game? Is this a season-changing win for you to build on? I think it just keeps our momentum going. You know, I, I thought we did some uh, some good things on a Christmas Day game and a loss, you know, that I was encouraged about. And, um, you know, I felt like our team was going in, a, in the right direction with how we're sharing the basketball and how we're uh, committing to the paint. And, um, you know, I think – I don't know if it's since that point, but I, I know we've won – eight of our last 11, so we're eight and three in the last 11 games and uh, doing some really positive things and building confidence each game that goes by tonight, you know, being uh, maybe one of the biggest of those games, you know, to, to keep the confidence going. So um, encouraged with the direction we're heading. Do you see how he's like, hey, we did this right, we did this right, we did this right. And, and if we do those things, then, you know, yeah, this this can build the confidence, we can go forward, but a season changing win means you got to do something about it. What's interesting about that is that brings up the schedule. If you haven't looked at the sun schedule, their next game isn't until Friday night. They're at new Orleans. Then they come home. They got two games at home. Do you mind if I cheat and look up the schedule? It is an idiotic schedule. The rest of, uh, after that. So one road game and then two home games and then a monster road trip. Okay. Here you go with this road trip. Obviously done by a geography major. At Dallas. At Indiana. Then back-to-back Orlando-Miami. So three games and four nights. Very difficult. At Orlando, at Miami, when you've already just played Indiana. Then, I don't know who the geography major is that says, okay, we're going to leave Miami. We're going to fly up to New York and play Brooklyn. On our way flying to Brooklyn, we're basically going to fly next to Atlanta and over Washington, D.C. 
But instead of stopping there along the way, we're going to go Miami to Brooklyn. Then we're going to go back down to Atlanta after Brooklyn. And then after Atlanta, we're going to go back up to Washington before we actually come home. So this is an, a seven-game road trip where you're bouncing all up and down the East Coast. That's brutal. That is brutal. So when he says season-changing win, I, I think he's not willing to go there because he's kind of like, let's see what we do on this trip. That's what's important. All right, the last one. Um, Jeff Weir Production, is is he around? He's not. Okay. I'm not sure where he went. Yeah, he's – well, you hate to, you hate to say it, that he – let's face it, we all go to the bathroom at some point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so – I, this is all my fault. Izzy was at the game last night reporting on the game for WTSMTV.com. And I wanted to talk to him about this subject because Grayson Allen, you're about to hear Grayson Allen say something I've never heard said before. Whenever I have heard a player get on the fans a little bit, he's going to get ripped. I mean, it is like, who are you to tell us? How about you guys play? And you go off on on a guy. Whoever rips the crowd. Listen to how perfect Grayson Allen talks about the crowd. And at the same time, gives an enormous compliment to the crowd. I want you to just absorb what he says right here. And you you tell me how you felt. When you hear this, especially those of you that were at the game, here's Grayson Allen. And the question isn't about the crowd. It's about what were the things that were being said? Frank Vogel said he got on you guys for this. He got on you guys for that. Tell us about the conversations that were going on on the bench. Um, A lot of it was us bringing some energy on the bench, uh, still talking through the game, talking through it defensively. Um, offensively, we went through some lulls, but we knew that we were kind of figuring out where we could attack them. Um, and then it was a lot about energy. Um, the energy of the building was bad at points tonight. Uh, like the crowd was booing, which I, I wish they would. I wish they would. We would work together with the crowd. Like I understand, we weren't playing well. They paid for their tickets. They can come out and cheer however they want to, but. Man, when we're down, like we want to be a great home court team and we have such a great crowd when it was so loud tonight. Like I wish they would cheer us on and help give us some energy in those times too. Um, But in the fourth quarter, when we went on that run, the crowd was incredible. It was the loudest I'd heard it all season. Um, And that kind of energy, like that just, when you have that kind of energy from the crowd, you're getting stops, you're running up and down the court, hitting threes, like it's just flowing. You have so much momentum. Uh, everything is clicking. It's it's like a, a great spot to be in as a team. Like you feel like you're doing everything perfect. You feel like everything's going to go right. And part of that momentum, that feeling from the crowd, that feeling of being on that run is why we made all those shots because we we're getting good looks. But we made all of them because of the energy of the building, the energy of the game. Um, so that's one of the things like this. Uh, one of the things I just wish is that we would – us and the crowd will work together a little bit more. Okay. I've never heard this in my life. Now, there's a famous line from, I can't remember if it was Marcus or Markeith Morris, was really upset about his third year here. And I understand, after being at Kansas, I've been to many games at Allen Fieldhouse. That's a mecca. 
Okay, that's one of those, if you like college basketball, you've got to put that on the bucket list. But he's getting mad at Suns fans. When we're, when we, you know, sometimes the Suns fans, they got to bring the energy. Sometimes we don't have the energy. And they're not here for it. You know, when I got to do this to try to get us going. It's like, oh my gosh, Morris, suck it up. Why don't you start doing your job? You show up and you play hard. Quit blaming the crowd. But Grayson Allen talking about, hey, the crowd started booing us and I get it. We didn't play well. We weren't playing hard. And you buy your ticket and I get it. But, man, you are great fans. You brought the energy in the fourth quarter. You picked us up. And if we could work together and you do that the whole game, I've never heard anybody so diplomatically handle that. So Izzy was at the game. Izzy, this is, to me, I mean, I'm kind of having a geek attack about this topic. I admit it totally. Because nobody rips the fans and gets away with it. And Grayson Allen did. But he said, you were amazing in the fourth quarter. I want to know you feeling in the building. Because if I'm a fan, I admit I would have started booing. I'd have been sick of it. How many first quarters are you guys going to stink before you do something about it? And after you heard him say that, what were your thoughts about the energy in the building? Well, the energy in the building, at least in the footprint center, is always dope. But even when he said that, I was going to actually follow up with it because before – they got before the timeout happened and the Phoenix Suns got booed off the court at that moment. Yeah. That was there were a couple of ticky tack fouls, yeah. you know, that uh, uh, follow up be- well before uh, the timeout was called. So I didn't know if the Phoenix Suns were booing the foul calling and just the referees in general, or were they booing the Suns walking out? That's what I kind of was okay. Wanted okay. to ask Grayson Allen at a point in time, but I kind of figured that. At the end, of the, I, I liked what he said. I yeah. really liked what Grayson <laughs> Allen said. Like, I didn't have any problem with it at all. That's what's so fantastic about it is you know how it is. Think about it as a fan and, and especially a guy like you who's young, up and coming. You're going to be a millionaire someday. Yeah. I know it because of your work ethic, but I would assume you're kind of far from it right now. <laughs> and uh, just, just a wild guess. And then... You have a guy who's a millionaire, gets paid to play basketball for a living, telling you, you need to work together with us and be able to help provide the energy. Normally, a guy gets ripped for doing that and deserves it. I thought he was awesome. I thought what he said was fantastic. And yet I know from my vantage point being old, I got a different view of him handling that. What did you think in the sense of, because the first question is, what did you think of the building? But how did it make you feel when he's saying, work with me, crowd? Oh, I thought it was awesome because I, I 100% agree with them. I, yeah. I actually I think this is like one of the first two weeks intern McKenna was here. We got it. We actually got into a conversation of that. I was like, because that's one of my pet peeves. I can't stand it when the home crowd boos their home team. Because like you look, you're there to support. You're there to help out. So everything that Grayson Allen said, I 110% mm-hmm. agreed with. And even if he went off negatively, even if he went out and lashed out, these fans are you know no good. And you know you got to yeah. just wait and be patient. And we got you guys. I wouldn't mind it either. To be honest with you. I have to ask if you remember. Do you remember what intern McKenna's feelings were? She was confused as to why I was so passionate about it. She didn't really have an opinion, but it's like, why are you so strong in yours? Yeah, she was like, I see where you're coming from, but... It was one of those, like, you just need to calm down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's 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 the classic daughter of a media guy, right? <laughs> that, that's too much daughter of a media guy. I can tell that. This is, uh, okay, well, give yourself a free plug because I got to hit a break. What's coming up on uh, Izzy on Sports Today, 10, from no- 10 to noon? 
Oh uh, yeah, we're gonna get into the, a little bit more of the Suns game as well. We're gonna talk about well, why we got to be more dependent on Grayson Allen because just last week uh, he was brought up in trade rumors, and that's the last thing you want to do is get rid of Grayson Allen. Yes, so I'm gonna uh, delve into that a little bit more and just just the sloppy play of the Phoenix Suns. We're just it's just gonna be a Suns heavy show today. I know a lot of you that are in the Unplugged Army, you're never gonna believe me. You're gonna think, what Izzy's in the building? Isn't he working? Isn't he listening to Doug Franz? No, no, you don't understand. Izzy is producing the main event, which is coming up in 45 minutes and he's producing his own show getting ready for ios coming up at 10 you're barely paying attention to me nor should you so nobody else would know that that's what happens when you're in the building while a tv show is going on but i gotta ask you about doug's big one today yeah where i had to admit to the world I like Grayson Allen now. <laughs> and I have spent years of my... Man, I hated him at Duke. Yep. It was a and, declaration, Izzy. And I've enjoyed hating him. Like, I don't want my wife to... Because my wife is the type of person, why do you say you hate? There's, You don't need to hate. I mean, she believes Satan is going to knock on the door today and say, I love you for hating. Or now I'm going to have to put Darth Vader posters up because I'm on the dark side. Something like that. And I had to say, I loved past tense hating Grayson Allen he deserved my anger he deserved it and now I'm so glad he's here I feel like the biggest hypocrite today you are the one that goes to a lot more games than I do you have been around Grayson a lot more than I have how do you feel about Grayson Allen Oh, I felt, I felt the same way. I thought he Did was a, just a dirty player until yeah. he got to Phoenix and we started doing press conferences and all he all he does is smile. <laughs> like, all he does is smile. He just comes off as likable. And this is at least the first, like, three times we uh, I was in the press conference and he was sitting there and I'm just like, you, you're making this hard. Like, you're, you're making this hard for me to hate you. So, he, no, he's, he's super cool, super genuine. So, yeah, no, nah, he's Dan he's Dan Marley hasn't done it. Steve Nash hasn't done it. Paul Westfall hasn't done it. You you think about some of the players that were just unbelievable shooters on this team and he's the only guy in Suns history to hit nine three-pointers on two different games it looks easy it looks it it's automatic yes great point by you get him the ball more all right I know you got to get back to work thanks for coming on thank you all right so Suns a winner next game Friday night at New Orleans coming up next Town Hall Tuesday every Tuesday on Doug Franz Unplugged Unless I take too long on other subjects and forget, or we got a lot of leftovers. So it's a leftover version of Town Hall Tuesday coming up next, where we respond to your emails, your tweets, your Instagram posts here on Doug Franz Unplugged, presented by Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass on WTSMTV.com. So in the Franz household, we have an air conditioning unit, an air scrubber, a reverse osmosis system, and a tankless water heater all purchased from Parker & Sons. Why? Well, number one, because we trust them. We got to know Parker & Sons about six months into living in Phoenix, and they've showed up on time, got it right the first time, and treated us great every single time. So why would we go anywhere else? The other thing I like is some of the products have even saved us money. The reverse osmosis system gives us bottle quality water from a tap. And then the tankless water heater, I can't even imagine how much money it has saved us. We never run out of hot water, even on holidays when people are coming in to visit. And it doesn't heat up water and then just let it sit in a tank. It only heats it up as we use it. So we only use the electricity when we need it. And our air scrubber takes allergens and bacteria out of the air, which has just been a dream for my wife and my youngest daughter, who have some pretty heavy allergies. Call 6022-REPAIR to learn about these products. That's 602, the number two, that R-E-P-A-I-R for Parker & Sons.
Rosati Sports Pub in Chandler. It's on Ray and McQueen. Sounds like a sports bar. What's the difference? You walk in and they actually have games on TV with the sound on. How many times do you walk into a supposed sports bar and they've got loud music on or somebody playing live or some kind of trivia game going on and you're there to watch the game? If you're like me, a simple guy, give me my pizza, give me my wings, give me my cold beer and make sure I can hear the Suns and D-backs, then you want Rosati Sports Pub and Chandler. All members of the Unplugged Army, welcome. Rosati Sports Pub, give me the game. Excited to get to versus Vegas today. <laughs> Doug Franz Unplugged presented by Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. I will check with Sweet Lou today, but the tentative date, our next golf event, February 16th. Love to see you out there at Civlic to either have a beer with us, to golf with us. And it's going to be a Valentine's Day event. So we're going to try to get the spa that's next door to be involved with us as well. That way you can make it a big event with your wife or I can give you something cool to be able to have that as a present to your family, to your spouse, to your girlfriend, whatever. I want to be able to pull that off. All right. Yesterday, we only got about halfway through Town Hall Tuesday. So I want to give the opportunity for everybody else that were involved that didn't get anything read. It's now your turn for a Wednesday version of Hear Ye, Hear Ye, Oh Yay, Oh Yay. It's time to call a town hall meeting. So, Jeff Weir Production, did the new email get to you? It did, yes. Oh, great, great. So, if you are ready, go for it. Here we go. I'm going to start from the top. Okay. Hello, Doug. You guys are doing great with the show. Oh, thanks. It looks like you called it on Jed Fish. Oh. You stated he'd be snatched up by a better football program very soon. That's what Tucson gets for having 200 people show up for the home games. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thanks to you guys playing the sound of his press conferences. I will be rooting for him no matter where he goes, and I'm still a Sun Devils fan. Mm. Oh, well, that's good. Related, I will vote. I will vote for you as governor of Arizona. Oh, I think it says unrelated. Unrelated. Meaning it does he, say like unrelated. He moved to a different topic. Okay. Yeah, if I could read, if I could read, that would be great. Um, I will vote for you as governor of Arizona if you promise to make sure the Crystal Restaurant never opens in the state of Arizona. That's just blasphemy. <laughs> Sorry, Jeff. Their food is below average. Please help get us a burrito express here in georgia Ooh, that'll be tough the mexican food here is hot garbage <laughs> keep up the great work guys brian and I, yeah no the mexican food in georgia isn't hot garbage it's good in georgia now you lived in athens georgia for a while right i did yeah and i think brian is in the atlanta area okay so uh, that that's i love this email okay number one that is so cool of you i i I do like Jed Fish. I do think the way he left was crappy. There's a difference between leaving and the way you leave. He had every right to leave. It's the right move to leave. And U of A screwed this thing up at every step of the way. And I mean the administration, the president, the board of regents, all of them screwed this up. So he should have left. However, putting out on Twitter while you're wearing your Washington garb, that you're leaving that's crappy i think the optics of signing the contract in your tucson home you know what when the president or the ad says i'm coming to get you to sign this just say you know what i'll 
here's my verbal agreement. I'm signing it. Trust me, I'm going to do it. But let's let's not do it here. Let's not let's not step on everybody's head while I do it. There's a way you could have left. But you know, even those two things, those are small. A 3-minute meeting with the players is is just crap. It's better than what Todd Graham did. He didn't even meet with the Pittsburgh kids. Now, I love Todd Graham. He's a friend. And if he was sitting right here, I'd tell you, Todd, that was crappy what you did. You should have met with the Pittsburgh kids. And he would – I am I think he would go nuts. He might punch me. I'm being totally serious. And we're friends for saying what I just said. Because there's a backstory, and he would go off. Do you know what the athletic director did to me? Do you know that they took the phones? Do you know that they blocked me from talking? Do you know this? Do you know this? I mean, there's all kinds of parts of that story that are not Todd Graham's fault. And you know what? I would have said, Todd, I don't care. Go talk to the kids. <laughs> That's what I would have said. I said, I don't care. Well, they would have. They would have. I don't care. Go talk to your kids. That's would have been my opinion on this. However, the the next part of it, unrelated. To, listen, I agree. Crystal is nowhere near as good as White Castle. And number two, I don't know anything about Mexican food in Georgia, but I'm telling you, if you have a breakfast burrito at Burrito Express. Not only do you need do you get to skip lunch, but you're never going to have one better. Guaranteed. All right, what's next? If I turn my mic on. Oh, okay. Um, the next one we have is from uh, Jonathan Gannon. I don't think it is. <laughs> no, it's JG. Okay, from JG. Av- <laughs> avid listener. I don't think you're way up on units in versus Vegas. I try to ignore it every time you say it, but hmm. the numbers don't add up. Say, say Bregman or Rory were ten to one. You won fifty dollars each. That covers maybe ten losses. It seems like you don't take the juice out of your wins. I know you're just having fun, but it's super annoying to have inaccurate assumptions. Mm. Real gamblers know. Good day. Congrats on the Rattlers. Well, thanks, JG. Um, you know, what? I think that's a fair criticism when I say way up. If you're not a gambler, you don't know what he's referring to. In versus, first of all, versus Vegas, it started off all wrong, and that's already JG inherent in the joke, okay? For those of you that don't realize, your record never matters, okay? Like when I tell you, like, let me cheat right now, I am 1083, 977, and 9 right now. To a real gambler, that automatically doesn't matter because a real gambler could look at a game, look at all the games. And, and tell you probably about 75% of the time who's going to win without using the point spread if you just go on the money line. So with the way they do it in Vegas to make sure that you're not just always doing the favorite is they say, okay, fine. If you want to bet $100 on the favorite and the favorite is like we all know the favorite's going to win and you bet $100, we're only going to give you, let's say, 30 or $40 back. So that kind of adds up over time when you miss on a favorite. But the best are always going to have a fantastic overall record. So that's why your record is irrelevant. It's how many units are you betting and then how much money do you get back? So if you bet $100 is one unit and your $100 bet only gives you back 20 or 30 because you keep betting on a favorite all the time, that's not really all that impressive. So that's kind of his point. My point is the normal average is you got to be above 
to be able to hit. And I do probably say I'm way up on units too much, which is is a little unfair because I officially don't know where I'm at unit-wise because too often I keep track diligently of every game. But at the beginning, I didn't keep track of units. So since I went about four months before I understood what am I really doing, all of my numbers are kind of screwy in that sense. But I know I've made money in gambling because of the Bregman bet and because of some other bets. And normally, I keep away now from bad juice games. Now, yesterday, I was all three positive juice, I think. Maybe two of the three. So I'm rolling now, baby. So how about that, JG? All right, what's next? (laughs) All right, the next one I've got is, uh, I guess this is from your friend. Doug, my it's, guy. Uh, it's my friend. Okay, so this is a guy that we it took forever for us to figure out his name. His name is Ho Sway, and everybody just calls him Sway. So th- so he says, it's from your friend, Ho Sway. Also, no, just just call me Sway so you don't butcher my name, yeah, which is kind of funny. It goes to another page. I'm sorry, I didn't see there was oh, more okay, to it's this. All right, keep going. All right. Doug, my guy, I can't believe how far you've come from from the first few episodes of the podcast to you having a damn TV show. <laughs> it's insane because you always, you would always put yourself down and would bother me so bad because I knew you had what it takes. Wow. I'm so glad you're doing great, man. It's been a while since I wrote, since I wrote you, but l- I love the podcast. Keep doing what you do best, sports. I have to buy you a beer sometime. Absolutely. I'll make it into one of your events one day. Your friend... Josue, a.k.a. Sway, since I know you might not be able to say my first name, with all due respect, not a lot of people can. All right, Sway, number one. Thank you for that, by the way. That is so cool. Uh, Please engage. I want more involvement in Town Hall Tuesday. What I still want are videos. I want people to send in videos. Tweet me videos, post me videos, and have video interaction of your question. And not all of these have to be sports. I like off-the-wall questions, whatever you want to talk about in life. Open up to me in Town Hall Tuesday. Um, you're right. But see, here's the thing. If you've been listening since the beginning podcast, you have to admit, nobody knew if I was going to figure this thing out. Some of those were so bad and so choppy until I figured out what I was doing. Thanks for being with me from the beginning. It is cool having this TV show. It's cool the opportunity, and thanks for the congratulations on the Rattlers. Uh, Both you and JG gave me congratulations, and I'm just thrilled. I am really thrilled and hope I do Rattler Nation proud on those games. uh, It's really important to me to do a good job, and I hope I do. What's next? Uh, this next one is from at NFL one two one White. Okay, they doubled his salary. It was a no brainer. <laughs> that's that's obviously about Coach Fish. Uh, yeah, and it's but see, it's not just the money. Although who doesn't take getting their salary doubled? It's more about he's a competitor and he wants to win. Where do you have a better chance of winning? U Dub or U of A? And you could argue, some people actually think U of A because the Big 12 is weaker than the Big 10. I would say this. It's about the commitment. U of A did not show a commitment. Some fans did. He's not going to have to beg his fans to come to the game. Some of you are hardcore fans. You're going to games. You you, You can say, hey, I did what I could do. But the general U of A public did not, number one. Number two... The AD didn't get the contract done. 
You got, I mean, I don't care whether it's the Board of Regents' fault. I don't care whether it's the AD's fault. I don't care whether it's the fault of the president for that school having an academic financial problem. I don't care what the reasons are. UW showed we want to win. And if you're a winner, you want to be put in the best chance to win. It's a no-brainer for him to go. Again, he should have left. I support him leaving. I think he was kind of a jerk the way he handled it, though. All right, what's next? All right, the next one I've got is from at General Ron. Okay. Hi, Doug. My wife asked me where I wanted to go for my first outing after having another foot surgery. We went to 100 Mile Brewing, and it was awesome. Oh, good. Love the A Mountain Ale. What a great place. At or hashtag Unplugged Army. General Ron, thank you. I, I, you know me. I've got to be amazingly honest with you because how can I beg you, ask you, tell you if you're going to support this show, you've got to go to sponsors. And, and you, this is the weirdest thing ever. There's a personal situation that happened for a hundred mile brewing company. I still support them like crazy, but they've asked to stop advertising for a minute or two. Uh, that crushes me to be quite blunt. And you know why? Because I know for a fact people like you, Ron, did your job. I have received so many emails, so many uh, tweeted pictures. I know we made them money. So I kind of feel like, what do you mean you need to take a break? You're making money advertising with us. And it's the second time in my whole career that a company has ever stopped advertising while it's going well. It's just really weird. So I'm hurt, but please, God, when you hear this. Keep going to 100 Mile Brewing Company. Now, nothing's more important to me than Rosati's, Bell's Nashville Kitchen, you know, Burrito Express. They're the ones paying the bills right now. But when somebody's going through a tough time, I want to be understanding and I, and I, I want to say, hey, you let us know when you're ready. The Unplugged Army is back. So I love getting those reports. I, I, I'm not, I didn't say what I said for the money. I still believe A Mountain Amber Ale is the number one beer in the state. That's not going to change my opinion. And since I like beer, I'm still going. But at the same time, I'm rotating in Bell's, Rosati's, and, and uh, Burrito Express a lot more because of their decision to just take a month or two off. I hope I handled that well. Because I want to be honest with you and let you know that you did your job and I appreciate you and thank you. But at the same time, I want to push you to the other places uh, much more if I can. But I admit, I'm still going to go to 100 Mile Brewing Company, even though they're not a, a sponsor because they're good people. And I, and I want to support good people. All right, what's next? All right, the next one I've got is from at Corn Connection. Can we also be called the America's team? <laughs> uh, if you didn't know, the Cardinals have been to more Super Bowls and won more NFC championships and been to more NFC championship games, I believe, since the Cowboys, if we're going between the late 90s to today. So he's mocking the Dallas Cowboys uh, on that. Uh, and no, I don't, I don't like the arrogance of that phrase. We're America's team. No, you're not. You're trash. There. Take it, Cowboy. Uh, what's next? Uh, just curious, Doug. Did you get to see the show where Stephen A. talks about Jason Whitlock? Any thoughts on it, if you did? Okay. Hashtag Unplugged Army at D Garcia 62990. I, I think anytime something like that happens, you both look like trash. I do. Um, I saw all of it, and... I almost feel like each guy deserved the beatdown they got from the other guy. Uh, a lot of people celebrate that stuff. 
that's awesome you did this you did this you did this that's great listen i do i think it's kind of funny i do but i think it's funny in an immature way um i full disclosure i don't have any respect for jason whitlock because i worked with him and i had an individual falling out with him before i even got to know him he ripped me before he even knew me and i just thought that is about as unprofessional as you can get and i told him off about it and and then him and i didn't get along and i paid the price for it it's a it's a long story if you want to get a beer sometime i'll tell you because it would be unprofessional for me to fall into that same trap but even though i have no respect for jason whitlock I, I think that was ridiculous for Stephen A to be so egotistical at his, the height of his career and where he is to then try to go after Whitlock instead of just ignoring him. If you're really good, you ignore people when they act like that towards you. And if you're worried about your place and you're egotistical and you're small, you've got to attack back like that. So I think Stephen A and Jason Whitlock both look stupid. What's next? Since the old show, you always called it like it is for AZ Sports, and I really appreciate that. Stayed with you while the 3 a.m. podcast from White's office was going on, which is which I miss a little still, but extremely happy for you. Oh. You deserve the best at A1 and Julo. And Julo, I got to tell you, I totally understand why you said that. I have not done a, as good of a job on television connecting with people the way I used to in jennifer's office at three in the morning i'm still working on that and i don't really know why and if anybody knows please let me know uh what's next uh the next one i have good things happening to good people congrats uh unplug doug and play-by-play announcer for the arizona rattlers tj Shope. oh tj that how cool is that that's the president pro tem of the senate of the state of arizona T.J. Shope is the guy that's in charge of the Senate, basically, and here he is taking time to salute the unplugged army for the Rattlers. That's cool. Thank you, T.J. Congratulations to you on the things you're getting done. Okay, what's next? Today's show was awful at Snake 12. (laughs) He's writing that about yesterday's show. Snake, I got to tell you, if you think yesterday's show was bad, did you hear the show before it? I was really bad the show before it. But thanks for the feedback. What's next? Hi, Doug. You mentioned somewhat recently that it's been two and a half years since the old show ended. That blows my mind. I remember the day like it was yesterday. Mm. After years of listening to the old show, I heard about it. A a thousand Paul's calls on my way back to work. I found myself randomly thinking about these. They They were one of my favorite parts of the old show. Do you have any nay stories about Paul, General um, David in Michigan? Uh, you know what? I'm running out of time because I want to get to um, Steve McCollum. I'll tell you what, General David, I'll answer your question tomorrow. I won't forget. I'll give you a Paul Calvisi story and all about Paul's call coming up tomorrow. I owe you that. I owe you that. All right, give me the last one. Yep, one more. Uh, February 16th, depending on the time, it will be an issue of to come for me. I work till 5 p.m. for a golf outing i believe you'll be there way too early general stavo general stavo number one as your commander in chief i can give you a pardon 
because of how many events that you have gone to, you've never missed one. Number two, we because I'm in the morning, I golf in the afternoon. So we'll probably get started around noon or one. And if you can't make it to golf, just come out for a beer after. And if you say you're coming, I'm not leaving until you get there. And if you can't make it, I understand you've done enough for the Unplugged Army General Stavo. Your pardon has been granted. That does it for Town Hall Tuesday today. Steve McCollum in the main event coming up in just a second. This is Doug Franz Unplugged. We're presented by Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass on WTSMTV.com. It's big, it's juicy, it's meaty. Get your burrito at Burrito Express. If you're having a hangover, a bad day, even a good day, still get your burrito at Burrito Express. It will make you feel better. Burrito Express started with my father about 25 years ago. He got laid off and decided that he needed to do something to provide for his family. My brother and I were older teens, 17, 18 year old, and I'm going to do a trial out of my house. So literally we decided we're going to start out of his house. So we delivered uh, menus in a square mile area, literally started delivering burritos out of our home in Mesa, Arizona. And after about a month, he said, let's do this. Went and found his first location. And believe it or not, that's how it started. We started with one location back in 1995. Now we're where we are now. Every weekday morning, 8 o'clock, Steve McCollum, Dale Hellestray take over. And it's the main event. And Steve's on right now. Steve, out of everything you saw for 48 minutes last night with the Suns, do you believe one no. of those? Okay. <laughs> um, I didn't see it. What? Just out of curiosity, summarize, what was your take on Grayson Allen's comments afterwards? About the fans? Uh, yeah. I thought it was the most brilliant way to rip fans I've ever heard in my yeah. life because nobody ever says it. Like, we want to work together. Yeah. And normally people get ripped when they take on the fans. Oh, he's getting ripped today on my show. I yeah. can tell you that. It, it's uh, sh- Shut up. Give us a reason to cheer for you. That was absolute trash playing yesterday until that fourth quarter. And so don't, don't sit here and let you, you need us to cheer you on, to give you energy. Shut up. <laughs> Everybody that was in that stadium last night worked a full day of work and showed up expecting to be entertained and everything else but that happened. You took a nap in the morning. You got up. You did shoot around. You took another nap. Then you went to a game and you shot around, warmed up, and then you played 48 minutes and then you go out and party or do whatever you're going to do. We don't want to hear it as fans. Shut up. Go out there and play, fellas. I'm not saying, you know, go dribble like that type of stuff. But don't don't lash the fans that worked full days and then went and wa- drove downtown, expended all this money to play with you. It, it, it's my most annoying thing on the planet. Annoyingest thing on the planet from people. But what about <laughs> it when it comes from somebody who actually does play hard? Well, no, that's the thing. Uh, it still bothers me. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I'm not saying. Uh, the, if anybody else on that team said it, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> probably. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'd be a lot harsher on him. Yeah. Uh, he's the right guy to say that, but at the same time, just uh, we don't, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it, man. Everybody else is working hard. Uh, you know, we don't get to show up to work in. I don't get a. I don't get a mail in my show for, for for an hour and forty five minutes and then play well in the last and then do a great show in the last fifteen. Yeah. 
Yeah. You rip for that, right? I, I'm, I see. Here's the thing. I admit, I am normally right where you are. I, I, I can't believe a player does it when they do it. Yeah. But that one was so strange. No, he, did, he did it well. Yeah. That was. I was like, oh, oh, okay. Give, we're I know, together. but asking the fans to give you energy is weak to me, yeah, man. Yeah. The fans. If you would have come out and played well in the first quarter, the fans would have been there for you, my man. The fans would have been energized. Yep. Why were the fans sitting on their hands? And upset because you guys sucked. You guys were unwatchable. And That's the reason the fans were that way, folks. And the the other thing that's really <laughs> interesting about this is I would really be defending Grayson hard today if they were one of the best first quarter teams yes. and they're just kind of laying an egg. Yeah. It's like, oh my gosh, yeah. guys, back off. Do you realize how well they've done? They are already the worst fourth quarter team mm-hmm. and I, they're not the worst first quarter team, but they have an unbelievable track yeah. history of yeah. first quarter failure. Yeah. You, so why they are also booing all of your first quarters yeah. as one thing. Yeah, the, the first quarters are unwatchable. Tune in the second quarter with the Suns because the first quarter is so bad. Uh, but that's my argument on it. Uh, I mean, you would have more juice in my thing if uh, they came out and they played well in the first quarter. Yeah. When you come out and play well for a, fan, for a fan base that's excited, ready to cheer you on, expecting big things, and you lay an egg, do not say anything about the fans not giving you energy. No, no, man. You, you got out of bed. You took your nap. You did your shoot around. You showed up. There is zero excuse for you not to come out with energy in that first quarter. Most of that man's career... He has totally earned the punk title. <laughs> I actually had to admit today. I love I'm, it, man. I'm glad he's here. Yeah, I actually yeah. had to admit today, yeah. I like watching Grayson Allen play. And My, I never thought that day would come. Where, where are you on the Grayson oh, Allen? Oh, no, I, I love him, actually. Yeah. Uh, he's one of those guys that you want him on your team or you, or you can hate him, right? The Danny yeah. Ainge types, you know? The thing I hold against Grayson Allen, and it's not his fault, it's just all that stuff at Duke. I actually blame Coach K for that more than anything. I thought Coach K handled That was the it, worst it was thing he ever yeah. did handling it, a player. Indefinite suspension, yeah. uh, you know, two, what was it, two games? I, it and then it was like a big matchup, and he's like, oh, he's healed himself. He's not going to be like that anymore. Yes, yes. And then he goes out and does it again. Uh, so I blame Coach K for letting him get away with that stuff. Uh, and, and I mean, did he do punk moves? Yes, he needs to knock that off. But uh, he's just, he's, you know, Patrick Beverly, Dennis Rodman, Draymond Green, he's that type of player where he's on your team, you love him because he's a hard worker. But yeah, Coach K did him no favor. I still can't stand the, the, the guy that you just mentioned, especially Pat Beverly, I can't stand. Uh, he's never been on your team, though. Yeah, I I would hope. I feel like the biggest hypocrite. The, well, I would hope no, no. that I still hold uh, true on Pat Bev. But Grayson, yeah. I admit, I don't see that same stuff. No, and uh, he and did it. So, he did it last year a couple times. Yeah, he, he did some cheap shots last year. He hasn't done it yet. Nope. But I admit, <laughs> if, if I have to go back on what yeah. I said, I will. Uh, Patrick Beverly, of all the guys I named, is the one guy that you will not like in your team because he ruins teams. Yes, so, uh, I totally. But, agree but Draymond. And them, uh, you you would actually learn. You'd hate them at times, but you'd learn to love them as well. One yeah. guy that people love to hate, and I admit I'll never hate him. I love every second about the way he plays. Is Grayson Allen's former teammate. I love Bobby Portis. I you know how many fake tough guys there are that yeah. want to act like they're yeah. tough. Bobby yeah. Portis is fine if you want to throw. Yeah, that's he's, why, he's ready. Yeah, that's why I loved uh, Chandler Tyson. Or uh, I'm just I'm telling you the big guy. But no, oh India, yeah, Tyson Chandler. Uh, Tyson right. Chandler. Yep. Sorry, uh, I love the. That's why I can't stand Draymond. He is a fake tough guy, and it I'm bothers me. Good point. I love the tough guy. That is really a tough guy in the NBA. There's yeah. something about him. You hate him. 
when they're playing your team because they get you out of those, those deals. Yeah. But, man, they are fun to watch because they're just like, I don't care. Let's go. What's coming up on the main event? Uh, lots of, we're going to close out the football week. Of course, uh, Yotes last night. Have I got the video for you guys uh, on oh. a hockey announcer uh, for a junior league that loses his mind. <laughs> okay. okay. This is the funniest thing ever. Uh, but we're going to start the show with Grayson Allen, uh, with Izzy and Dale. I want to get their opinions on it because I, I'm, I'm very negative on it. Okay. Members of the Unplugged Army, if you get a chance, Steve McCollum is one of the best in the city at finding these obscure videos that are highly entertaining. So you heard what he just said. Try to find time today. Like if you're if you're at work right now, stay watching WTSMTV.com. And if you're not able to, you got a meeting, something like that. But remember, if you're already a live member, then you've got also the opportunity to go back and watch stuff on demand. So please try to find time today to watch both the main event and iOS. They're coming up as part of our six hours of local sports programming that we've got each and every weekday morning, 6A to 12P. Doug Franz Unplugged, presented by Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass for two hours. The main event with Stephen Dale for two hours from 8 to 10. And Isaiah's Izzy Jackson, you'll see him on Izzy on Sports iOS coming up at 10 o'clock this morning. Versus Vegas time. Yes, there's dancing. As right now, the heater stands at 17, 2, and 1. What is going on right now? Went 3-0 and yesterday, and you know how there's always sob stories when you miss a game and you lose a game? I got to tell you how jacked up I am about getting gifts yesterday. Rangers, I had Rangers minus one and a half over Seattle. Had that one kind of easy. New York won five to two, no stress there. The other two games, you know you're on a heater when you get gifts like this. Chicago and San Jose tied two to one. Nobody scores in the overtime. I took Chicago on the money line. Chicago scores in the shootout. We get it right two to one. There we go. Then I take Winnipeg minus the puck line, minus one and a half at home against the Islanders. And it's three to one. We got this easy. Then the Islanders score. It's three to two. What's going on here? What is going on? Now we've lost. And with a minute left, Winnipeg gives us the empty netter. We've got it four to two. So we get a shootout win and an empty netter to cover. And we go three and oh on the day. That puts the heater at 17, two and one. Overall, 1083, 977 at nine. Feeling pretty good. Feeling pretty good. Now tonight, I ain't got a lot for you. Didn't find any college hoop that I really like. I don't trust ASU. I really do believe that you should go after uh, U of A. I do. I want to wait and see on U of A. But USC, well, let me see if the line has changed. Let me see where we are. The reason why I say this is whenever Coach Lloyd gets on these guys, they do respond. And if you didn't see it yesterday, nah, I don't want that much. Yeah, it's still minus 19. You've got a below average to bad USC team. And then you've got Coach Lloyd telling his kids after the last loss that you're just an average basketball team. So if you ask me, do I think U of A is going to cover? Yes, I do. 
Am I going to use my own money to support that? No, I am not. Minus 19 for a team that's up and down right now. I'm not touching that. But they're probably going to be fine. They're probably going to be fine. So U of A, minus 19, not touching it. And ASU, I'm no way am I trusting him. UCLA is bad. And ASU is hitting some shots. And it's only a three and a half spread at home. But do you really want to trust ASU right now? I don't. I don't. It's a huge night for ASU. If you don't know the way the net ratings work, that really has a lot to do with whether or not you get in to uh, the tournament. And ASU right now, they are 107th in net rating. They basically have 0% chance unless they run, get on a massive run. I mean, I don't know how many games they got left, but I'll ballpark it that they need to go about 10-2 and two to really have a chance at the NCAA tournament. Yet, here's what's weird about tonight's game. If they win against UCLA, they'll go down in net rate. If they lose, they're basically out. I mean, it's not very often you look at the UCLA game and call it a must win because UCLA is so bad. They cannot have a bad loss like that. They have to beat UCLA. So it's a must win game because UCLA stinks and you're at home and it's only a three and a half point spread. Normally you run to that for a team. But I don't trust ASU enough to run to them, so I'm not touching it. So the only game that I've got for you is Chicago. Uh, I don't remember whether they won or lost last night, but they, they went into overtime. So they got tired legs, and they were at home, and then they fly to Buffalo. Not, I mean, when you're flying over the lakes, it's not a terrible trip, probably about an hour and a half. But you're still getting in late after an overtime game playing a decent team. I don't like that matchup for Chicago, so I'll take the Sabres minus the one and a half. I really, I admit, I wanted the Sabres on the money line, but it's like minus 200 juice, and that's cheese ball to do that. So I'll take the Sabres covering. I've only got one game that I like. Didn't like any of the NBA games tonight. Was hoping to get better numbers from U of A, but don't like minus 19. Didn't see another college hoop game that uh, that I like. I kind of like DePaul plus the nine and a half, but uh, I'm not doing it. So I'm going to take the Sabres minus the puck line, one and a half. See if I can keep this heater going after a 3-0 night last night. Feel pretty good, though. Feel pretty good. That does it for today's version of Doug Tron's Unplugged, presented by Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. Not official yet, but please open up February 16th to try to be able to join us for golf. I'll get the final word on that today and be able to tell you all about it tomorrow. Follow me on Twitter, if you would, at Unplugged Doug, so you'll know immediately if that goes through and we're ready to book it. And I'll talk to you more about that tomorrow. The official sports bar of Doug Franz Unplugged is Rosati's Ray and McQueen. Only the one at Ray and McQueen in Chandler. You can also, wow, Bell's Nashville Kitchen. The Nashville Hot Chicken Sandwich is the number one sandwich in the state of Arizona. My new favorite meal in Arizona is the Chicken Tender Iceberg Wedge. It is perfect. You can get that at Bell's Nashville Kitchen as well. That's in Old Town Scottsdale. You also have Burrito Express, home of the best burrito, breakfast burrito you will ever have in your life. And please understand... The up and down nature of your air conditioning unit. We're going to get back up to 80 degrees by the end of the weekend. 
your, your unit's like, wait a minute, you haven't been using me, now you need me again? Trust Parker and 6022 Repair. That's 602, the number two. That R-E-P-A-I-R for Parker and Son. The main event, it's up next. I'll see you tomorrow.